Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. How many of you know when you don't have enough, it can cause stress? When you don't have enough, it can cause stress. When you don't have enough and your, your husband and wife, it can cause arguments. I mean, and you'll argue about everything except for the money, but the, the, the root of it is the money. And so some people think, well, all I need is just some more money. Well, I happen to, to <laughs> I had the, um, uh, I don't know if you want to call it privilege, but I did witness two wealthy people arguing over money. They both were married, they, they were married, and they had lots of money, but they were arguing over it. And what were they arguing over? How one of them spent the money and the other one didn't want them to spend the money that way. I mean, there was plenty, but they still were just, they, they, they just bumped heads when it came to money. So I got to have more is not necessarily the answer. Amen. <laughs> so you can have more and still have problems or challenges uh, concerning it. But um, relationship with money, if you have the wrong relationship with money, you can't really be free to give. You can't, I mean, you can't be free to give. Remember I was telling you that uh, when you give, uh, you should be motivated by uh, uh, the right way, that it should be through inspiration, revelation, or appreciation. That's when, you, that's when you give. It should not be a, 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 an emotional thing because sometimes when you give out of your emotions later on, you want it back. <laughs> if, you, if you give out of your emotions or if you give out of your emotions, you may think that what you have is not enough. Or if you give out of your emotions, you may think that, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. Remember the guy who in the, the account in the Bible where he says, you know, I, I, I have all that I need and I'm just going to tear down, you know, the barns I have and build more barns. So God wants us to have the right attitude towards money. And the reason he does is because no, no matter what sometimes people may say, money does have power. Well, when I say that, money has power. It gives you the ability to uh, purchase things. Uh, money can affect your future. And when I say money can affect your future, if you don't have any money, it can, it can affect what you eat the next day. I'm just talking about immediate things. It, it, it impacts what you do. It impacts where you live. It impacts, it, it impacts what you wear. Money impacts a lot of things. And... Um, an unhealthy relationship with money um, can cause you not to um, get in the flow or the blessings that God intend for you to have. He's made promises in the Bible concerning us an increase. He's made promises in the Bible about us having more than enough. And uh, so those promises stay sure. But again, we have to be motivated the right way in what we're doing. We have to understand what's really taking place. Let's look at our Romans chapter 12. Of course, it's a familiar scripture to you, but Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. In the Amplified, it says, uh, 
do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and a new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. He said, we don't need to be conformed to this world. Well, you know, most of us was raised to think like the world thinks. You need to get more money because more money gives you more access, more money gives you more power, more money uh, uh, gets you to places where you normally would not get. We've been taught by the world and the world system and how to view money to the point sometimes we made money our God and we don't know that that's what we've done. So again, we, we, we learn from the environment that we are around, but we have to start to rethink totally how we see and how we view money. Again, I'm not, I'm not downing money saying, okay, everybody should just uh, live by faith and you know, don't go to work and, you know, because God is going to supply all of our needs and that type of thing because God never promised to give us money. The promise was not to give us money. So, you know, uh, I'm going to run out and there's going to be this money laying out on the ground. That might happen, but more than likely that's not going to happen to 99.9% .9 of us in here. Okay, so God never promised to give us money, but God did promise to teach us to profit. God did, God, he did, he did, he, he promised some things concerning your getting wealth, but he says also to get wealth is to establish his covenant. So again, we have to look at money and figure out how to look at it the way God looks at it. God looks at money like a tool. He looks at it as, as a tool to get what he wants done in the earth. Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter six, and we're going to look at verse 10. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, I, when I first read that, I thought, all evil? I mean, because it says the love of money is the root of all evil. I was like, that's pretty isn't that pretty heavy? Don't y'all think that's pretty, pretty heavy? He said, <laughs> he said, which while some coveted after, they have uh, erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Let's look at this in the Amplified because he's giving a description of wh what the challenge is. He says, the love of money is the root of all evil. In the Amplified, it says, but those who crave to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish, useless, godless, and hurtful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction and miserable perishing. So he's saying, uh, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have been led astray and have wandered from the faith and pierce themselves through with many acute mental pains. He said, the love of money, craving for money, I just, I, I, I got to get money. Well, why do people feel like they just got to have money? 
Why do people feel like I just, I, I just, I got to have money and I need to have a lot of money? Some people want to be blessed to the point where they don't have to depend on God. Because if I can be wealthy, then I don't have to worry about using my faith for God to supply because I have all that I need. The problem with that is you're finding security in money. And God says, as a believer, you need to find security in him. Glory to God. So when we crave money, for whatever reason, you know, people, man, I just, if I could just get... Ten more thousand dollars. If I could just get this, if I could just get that, if I, because it's a, it's a it's a false security on top of that. It truly is a false security because when you think about it, it hadn't actually happened in America, but in other countries, people get up and they change the currency overnight while they were sleeping. And the money that they thought they had is worthless. Mm-hmm. I mean. We, to the point where we even idolize our jobs and the fact that, you know, I make money on my job and, you know, I have to get to my job at all costs and, and I, have to, I, have to, I have to do this for my work and, 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 and you just leave God all out of it because you are trying to make your own way. You're trying to find a security in your job. I gotta, you don't look for a job that you enjoy. You look for a job that pays the most money. And what I'll do is I'll get some training so I can get the job that pays more money so I can feel secure, so I can feel safe, so I can feel like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really need anybody. You know, and, and unfortunately, sometimes in the body of Christ, you don't want anyone to help you because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it on my own. No, 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 but I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. And you'll go without because you don't want anybody feeling sorry for you. No one's feeling sorry for you if God laid on their heart to bless you. They don't even know. Sometimes they don't even know your condition. They just know what God said. Oh, amen. Boy, God said if we get this part right, oh, my God, the devil's in trouble. Because no longer will, he be, will we be competing there will be nothing competing with God thinking it has more superior power. Mm. Mm. No one is more superior than God. But in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 3. Here in particular, he is talking about those who are in leadership, but nonetheless, it applies to all. It says in verse uh, 3, not given to wine, not combative, this is the amplified, but gentle and considerate, not quarrelsome, but forbearing and peaceable, not a lover of money, insatiable for wealth and ready to obtain it by questionable means. By questionable means, you know... uh, under the table stuff. Uh, we just won't talk about it. If, if we don't mention it, then I won't mention it about where it came from, and then we're okay because we didn't talk about it. 
questionable means, how you, how you go about uh, getting your resources, let's put it that way. And he's warning Timothy, he says, uh, don't be a lover of money. Don't put money in a place it does not belong. I'm using it as a tool. You're using it as power, strength. You, you think you get your strength from it. You think you get your power from it. You think you get uh, uh, promotions from it. You think people, and, and you know what? And it comes from people idolizing people who have money. It's really quite interesting. Sometimes people who don't have money, they talk about people who got money, but they actually idolize them at the same time. You know all the crazy sayings. I don't want a house that big. Why would I, I, <laughs> I don't want a house that big. I, I don't even want to, I don't want to think about even cleaning the house that big. If you have a house that big, you got a maid. You understand how silly stuff sounds. I'm just saying, <laughs> and all the many other things that people say, uh, and then yet they'll watch all these things on television where people are driving these cars and uh, looking at the travel channel and looking at the mansions and look, you're looking at all this stuff to the point sometimes it's not an investigation anymore, it becomes a craving. It's something that I desire. It's something that I want. And interestingly enough, some people even get to the point where they desire something they don't want, but because it looks like status, then they want it anyway. Because it looks like it put me in a certain position if I have this, which don't make any sense. If you like a Volkswagen, you like a Volkswagen. Why go buy a Mercedes if that's not what you like? And besides all that, God said, I give you all things richly to enjoy. So if you enjoy it and it's time to get rid of it, you enjoyed it. Get rid of it. If God is saying, okay, pass it on to someone else, let them enjoy it. <laughs> but we become attached to things. We become attached to money. It's, it's almost, <laughs> they, when I was a little girl, they used to have, well, they don't know if they have buffalo nickels now. But anyways, there were nickels that had buffalo. Some of y'all going, a buffalo nickel. Anyway, there was a saying that said you squeeze, you squeeze it so hard because you don't want to let it go that you call the buffalo to scream or something like that because you don't want to let it go. And all the other things, man, if you break 100, then it's disappeared. You don't even know where it is. Because you want the zeros to remain. You want the zeros to remain. It's like, oh, man, I feel my money dwindling. You just spent a dollar out of 10. What? Okay, I'm, that's exaggerating, but you all understand what I'm saying. And, and you're thinking these things, and you're not, I mean, you're not conscious of it, but you're thinking these things because you have placed uh, too much emphasis on it. Too much emphasis on, on the money. And, you know, you know I had, I, 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 I've had my moments. It's like, you know, in my mind, Greg was a spendthrift. So I figured I had to save. I had to save because he's spending money, you know, just like, whatever. But he had a different attitude towards money. As a matter of fact, I talked to, I was talking to Pastor Nick last night, I, and I said, um, and I was talking to him about money, and um, I'd asked him a few years back, I said, Pastor Nick, you have an interesting take when it comes to money, and I'm just, I'm just curious about how you think about money. Well, he never even concerns himself with money. He said, well, you just make some and you just make some more. I, he said, I don't understand what the big deal is. And so 
because he told me what his philosophy was concerning tithing. I said, I said, so what is your philosophy concerning tithing? He said, I've never believed in it. I said, really? He said, no. He said, when I thought about the goodness of God, he said, 10% sounds like a tip. He said, I, he, said, I, he said, I've never, ever considered 10%. He said, I heard what was being said. I heard about the promises concerning it. He said, that's really great. He said, but I, in my mind, it's an insult to God to just think that, I, I mean, how great he is and how good he is and how wonderful he is, and he's supposed to supply my needs. So I just, I don't think of money that way. He said, money comes, money goes, money comes, money goes. I have the ability to make money. And so I thought, most people don't think like that, Pastor Nick. <laughs> he, he just, and, and, and as a matter of fact, my mother told me when I was in college, uh, because it was time to pay the tuition, and I was like, where am I going to get my tuition from? And, and um, my mom was, seemed not to be bothered about the fact that my tuition was coming up. She didn't have the money for me to pay my tuition. I'm like, where am I going to get money to pay my tuition? And she said, Deborah, there's money everywhere. She said, this is what she said. She said, no one took money, put it in a pile, and set, a, set fire to it. Somebody got money. You need to go to school. Somebody's going to give you the money you need to go to school with. Because what you're doing is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I think God approves of it. So money's going to come from somewhere. I don't know where, but it will. <laughs> My mother, you just have to know her. And some of you do, but, <laughs> but she just wasn't concerned about money ever. It just didn't, it didn't, it didn't ever cross her mind, as far as I know, to be concerned about money. Because she said money is everywhere. God has the ability to get you money from anywhere. And she attached it to, which is what God does, she attached it to uh, the plan for my life. If it's a part of the plan for your life, then you can expect for God to supply it. Hmm. Praise God. Let's look at John chapter 8. John chapter 8, and we're going to look at verse 32. And we'll look at it in the King James Version. Now, in this particular passage of Scripture, um, Jesus has been talking to some Jewish people and uh, telling them about um, the kingdom of God and uh, how the new kingdom was going to operate. But he says something here in verse 32. He says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. In this particular point, point he was talking about that the truth will release men from bondage of sin, the bondage of their past, the bondage of religion. That's what he was talking about here. But the truth really will set you free. If you know the truth and you allow the truth to penetrate and you concentrate on it, it will cause your thoughts to change. That's what he's talking about in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. He said, you know, you need to get some new ideals and a new attitude concerning some things. And so Jesus says the way you get a new attitude is you've got to allow truth to come in. And then in the book of James, go there, James chapter 1 and verse 25. James chapter 1 and verse 25. In the King James it says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, 
He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So he's talking about the fact that if we keep looking, and when he talk about looking, he's talking about gazing at. He's not talking about, let me just flip over a scripture. No, he's talking about really looking at the scripture, really getting the meaning of what the scriptures and what the word is saying. He said that uh, this, you'll have a response to the truth that you hear. You'll have a response to the truth that you hear so, um, so that we can experience success in all areas of our life, even when it comes to financial things, that we will experience success in those things as well because God wants us to do that. And then he tells us, of course, in the book of, uh, let's go Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. In verse 25, in the Amplified, he says, not Amplified, I apologize, King James he says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. So it's like God said, I put you here on earth, not so you can worry about how you're going to be able to eat or how you're going to be clothed. Your, your, your focus is on the wrong thing. Now, again, he also says in the Bible that if you don't work, you don't eat. So he's trying to keep, help us to have a balance, not to uh, put too much weight on just money. Because when you do that again, what you're doing is you, you're, you're, you're assigning money in a position almost equal to God. Because that's where I feel my security comes from. You know, People are happy when they have money in their pockets. I mean, it's, 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 it's just normal to be happy. But when people don't have money, it's difficult for them to be happy. But Paul said, I learned how to abound. He said, he said I, in, in any circumstance, I'm not changing my attitude. And why was Paul like that? Because he knew that God was going to supply him. Even if there was a half a second, if there was a moment where it appeared like there was nothing there, he knew that God was going to supply him. So he wasn't going to stay in the status where he was, but just living in the world. You, there's some things that just happened. You all know that. It'd be wonderful if we bought a car and it never broke down, never needed new tires, never needed, you know, oil change. I mean, but they don't, they don't make a car in the world that, that lasts like that. I mean, they've done a good job of extending them, but, you know, for the most part, they really pretty much made cars last till you got through paying for it. <laughs> so you could get another car. So, so look at somebody say, things happen because we're in the world. But then God says that we are of a different economy. Remember, Sonny, I was telling you that uh, we're under the government of Jesus Christ. We're under the government of Jesus Christ, and our thoughts should be towards whatever the government of the kingdom of God is versus what's actually happening here on earth. Because again, what happens is you feel weak, you feel less than, you feel you have all these emotions that go through you because you don't see dollar bills. Instead of rejoicing in the fact that God says, I'm the one who will supply you. And then again, let's, let's just look at this. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter eight. Deuteronomy chapter eight. And verse 18, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18, some of these scriptures we hadn't heard in a, in a moment. 
But it says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. So is, 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 the, is he talking about getting wealth or is he talking about getting power? Which one of them is it? He said he is giving you power to get wealth. So if you just concentrate on just getting the wealth and not concentrate on the power, then of course you need to feel uneasy because only thing you have is wealth. But if you have the power to get wealth, when wealth goes away, it doesn't matter because I have the power, I have the grace of God on my life to get more. And that's what Pastor Nick was talking about. He said, I don't worry about money. He says, and he's, he's, there's plenty of money. And somebody somewhere is going to give me a job. And he looks at himself and he said, he said, and I'm, I'm good at what I do. I'll give you the power to get wealth. I will anoint you to get wealth. I'm going to anoint you to get wealth. I have put a talent on the inside of you. I put a gifting on the inside of you that can cause you to make money. That's why it's important that you not just go get a job because it produces money. Because you're after the money and God's after giving you power. He's after giving you power. <laughs> Therefore, he gets all of the credit. You know, you sit beside somebody and they working three times faster than you are. I mean, it's like, what's going on? They got some power and ability you don't have. And you probably haven't been gifted with. But you took the job because of the. Y'all said that a little low, but. <laughs> he says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. He said, so the covenant can continue. So it can continue. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to see if I can remember this account. I, this is a true account, so if I kind of botch it up and you already know about it, yeah, just get the gist of it. <laughs> there, was, there was a young lady who, um, I can't remember, she, I think she produced some type of a product and so she it was it was purchased from her. The patent was purchased from her, and I believe that uh, when it was all said and done, she had like they gave her like about twenty million dollars. So that put her in a different group of people. So they were inviting her to different things, and so she was feeling pretty good about herself. And then she went into a room with a group of people who had a hundred million and above. All of a sudden, guess how she felt? Poor. She felt broke. You, you all get what I'm saying. And so the same way is with you. you. You're sitting here, and there's probably somebody somewhere, if they came and saw what you have, they'd be like, man, if I could just... That's why, you can't, that's why we can't put the emphasis on the wealth. That's why God is warning us not to elevate money above where it's supposed to be. Because I, if, you, if you stick with me, you know about my grace, 
My grace gives you favor. He said, I, he said, I, I can, I can give you power. I, I've, actually, I've already given you power to get well. Some of you might need to change jobs. Now, don't everybody go, you know what? I'm broke on that job anyway. I knew it was the reason. Okay, you really talk to God. You really talk to God. Because the thing about it is, God is so good that he can cause even what other people may call little to take you so much further than if you made three times as much. See, because this is all about God's power and his ability, not yours. And that's why he's saying, look, you need to look at me as your security, as your supplier, as your safety. And so I particularly like this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. No, not that one. We'll go to that one. But right now, uh, go to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah 48 and verse 17. Look at what he says here. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit. He said, I'll teach you how to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. God said, I'll teach you how to profit. Why don't you come to me? I'll teach you how to do it. I'll show you how to get, get to where you need to be. Hmm. Amen. So there are many, there are promises in the word of God that will get you these material things. But God is saying, look, the material thing is you don't need to put your eyes on that. It's me. It's me. Why don't you? So sometimes what we're praying, God, give me $10,000. God, I need $10,000. God, I need $10,000. God's like, you don't need $10,000. You need my favor. And, you know, it's like, it's going to fall out of the sky. I know it's going to fall out of the sky. I mean, he can do that. (laughs) But understand, (laughs) that can happen, and if need be, (laughs) God may let that happen concerning you. But do you know that God actually does operate within the natural He actually does operate and will cause people to give into your bosom, good measure, press down, shaking together and running over that, you know, yes, those things. And we do know that uh, the Bible talks about uh, God won't abandon a cheerful, prompt to do a giver and he can cause all favor to abound towards you. People sometimes have so much uh, trust in money that they would rather you give them the money than pay their bill. They would. It's the truth. It's like uh, if, God, if God lined up people to pay all of your bills, people, if they don't have money in their pockets, they still will feel broke. If somebody showed up every day and said, you know what? I got, your, I got your house payment. Time to pay your, your power bill. Man, I got your power. You would still feel, as people say, some kind of way. Because you didn't have the money in your hands. 
and their God was supplying favor coming your way. You see what I'm saying about you, you, you? We put the emphasis on the wrong thing. And God is saying, if you will put the emphasis back to where it's supposed to be, he said, then it'll solve a lot of situations in your life. It'll, it'll solve your insecurity. It'll solve your uh, desire to try to take care of myself. When God is saying, I want to take care of you. I have a supply. That's what Paul told him. He said, my God will supply all your need. He didn't say, you know what, I'll be back by. And I'm going to bring you some money. He says, no, God is going to supply all your need. Now, I don't know how God is going to supply your need. I don't know whether it's going to be through the job you have now or the job you get later. Or I don't know how he's going to do it. But understand, because of the grace of God on my life, because of the ability of God on my life, it's going to take place. And it's going to happen. So God wants our trust to be in him and not in inanimate, in that word, things that are not real. Some days you can say words, some days you can't, right? <laughs> Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. We can go there now. Proverbs 3. In the King James, Proverbs 3 and verse 6. He says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Then he says in verse 9, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. He's telling us here that we need to trust him. We need to honor him. Trust him with all of our heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. And he's don't, God don't want to put, he doesn't want us to put any other God's before him. And listen, hearing it one time is not the, oh, that sounds good. I saw that in the word of God. That's great. Uh, when you have trusted in something else for a long time, it's going to take you hearing the truth over and over and over and over again. It's going to take you not only just regurgitating what's been said here, but it's also going to, you're going to have to get this and keep this intimate relationship with God, because if he's going to teach you to profit, you got to be listening to him. you got to hear what he has to say. Amen. He's going to give you the power to get wealth. Uh, some of you may not even know or have not recognized the talent of what God has put in you that will cause you to make money. Because you, we were so focused on the money part that we never searched ourselves to see what God had given us to get the wealth. Praise God. Um, Luke chapter 18. Well, we don't have to look at him. This is a, the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler, he came, you know, he's like, oh, how, you know, how, how do I, you know, get the kingdom of God? How do I, you know? And Jesus said, you know, go sell what you have. He was like, go sell what I have. <laughs> you know, initially he was very proud of himself. You know, I've kept all the, t all the commandments since I was a youth. Well, 
We all know that really wasn't true because no one could keep all of the commandments. That's why God says you can't do it. But nonetheless, he says, you know, okay. He says, okay. But he didn't want to part with his wealth because of the power he, and strength he thought he had from it, not recognizing what he was asking Jesus to do for him. And Jesus is like, you know what? If you become a part of this, you won't ever lack. Things will, things will go well for your life. Things will go well for you. And uh, God wants us in that, in that place and in that position. Um, and even, even married people, you still have your relationship with God. You're one, but you still have a relationship with God. Um, because even when Greg was doing all kinds of crazy stuff and spending all the money he got before salvation, God didn't stop supplying me because he wasn't acting right. And I've shared this with you before to the point he's like, who's giving you money? Is it a man at that church? I'm like, Jesus, I don't need another man in my life for God's sake. But... <laughs> but nonetheless, God is so good that way. And Jesus wants to show us that he loves us and he cares for us. And it's not that, that just that mushy love that we think about, but he, he, he takes on the, on the responsibility of us all. And because of his love, he's saying, look to me. Look to me. And don't allow these other things to get you distracted from me. Understand I am your supply. Understand that. Uh, I, and I think sometimes the reason we might get a little sidetracked with it is because every time we hear that, we hear something supernatural. Are you all understanding why God is going to supply all of my needs? We think supernatural. He's going to go against the course of nature. And like I said, in some instances, he, he will do that. Um, like the widow woman in the, the, the oil and the bread not running out. That was going against the course of nature. But you don't see that all through the Bible. So God will work within, but then he don't want you to idolize this or idolizing the job. God wants you to, if it were, idolize him and glorify him and cause things to happen in, in your life. Um, when I worked for, for Motors Insurance, I didn't, even, I didn't really even give it any thought, the job that I had. Um, but they sent in these quality control people. Some of you all have experienced quality control people. You feel like they really don't know your job, but they're in there trying to tell you how fast you should do it and how efficient it should go. And you're like, yeah, you coming in for a week. I've been here for years. <laughs> I know exactly how this goes. But, um, and, I, uh, and God blessed me through them. He blessed me through, uh, through the job that I had. Uh, I actually got cost of living raises every three months according to the Canada Index. Um, and I don't know, I got, a, I got a raise on that job. Oh, let me see, I started in September, in February. They'd given me a raise. I had a week of vacation, I hadn't been there a year. I left there with four weeks of vacation, 
uh, I hadn't even, let's see, what was it? How long had I been there? To the, they would actually allow us to sell our weeks back if we weren't taking all of the, you know, if we didn't want to take all the money, you could sell it back. It was just, it was so many things that happened on that job. I was able to purchase General Motors stock when it, everything was great and it was, the stock was splitting and all this other stuff. Uh, that, was, that was God doing that for me through that avenue. But when it was time for me to come full-time here at Revealing Truth Ministries, I didn't try to stay on that job for the money. And it still was a small church. I almost tried to come off too soon because, you know, things were getting a little shaky there. But, <laughs> and, um, and I remember Greg telling me, he said, you can do it. He said, it's not exactly what God would want to do, but we'll be okay. He said, but it's, we're going to be challenged. And so I made the decision to stay there as long as God needed for me to stay there and then move on to the church. But I'm just saying that if we keep our focus right, God will supply because that's what he's done anyway. He's already put something in you that will cause you to get well. You just have to find out what that is, what that thing is. So um, I consider myself very good at customer service because I love people. And I'm always just, I just want to help people. I just, want you, I just want you to be happy. If you're mad, I want you to be happy. So, so that was what I did, and it was easy for me to do. So when the quality control people came in, they were like, okay, everybody should finish their phone calls. I think it was like five minutes or whatever. Well, I finished my phone calls in like four minutes and, well, less than what they said. And they called me in and wanted to know, how do you do that? And I said, how do I do what? They said, how do you answer these phone calls and get them done so quickly? And you're, set, you're still thorough. You meet their needs, you don't cut them off, you, you handle the phone call thoroughly to the point when they had people that were uh, a little challenging. They would pass the phone calls to me versus the supervisor. The supervisor's like, just give it to Deborah, she'll handle it. <laughs> One day I was like, but I don't get your paycheck. <laughs> when you get, and, and then, then God helped me out, just do the job, Deborah. Because what I do understand, and some people get so upset over these things, when they give you additional responsibilities on the job that you have, only thing it's doing is training you for another position. Yes. Yes. But you get mad, and you don't want to do it. You won't learn anything new. And then when the new position comes open, you can't take it. Yeah. So, <laughs> when you go in tomorrow... And they say, we want you to do Susie's work. You say, I'll be happy to. <laughs> I didn't hear a lot of, yeah, okay, I'll do that. But nonetheless, but I was, because, because, of the, because of the gifting that God put in me concerning people and that type of thing, I could handle the phone calls faster than anybody in my group. They were like, how do you take so many phone calls? In my mind, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just doing I'm just doing what I do. And so doing what I'm doing, I'm getting increases and in things like, don't tell anybody that we gave you this, okay, Deborah? Don't tell anybody. That's how I ended up in Florida with one of those don't tell anybody conversations. <laughs> don't tell anybody, Deborah, but we're going to, you know, give you that 
job in Florida, and so uh, we'll fly you and Greg back four times, and then we'll fly your kids. I'm like, my kids gonna fly me like they three and four, and oh, this is really good, this is great. And we'll put you up in a hotel, because I wasn't at that level. And that's why they told me not to tell. You, you all see what I'm saying? That's what I'm, that's, that's, and so that is how God blesses us. And so we're looking for it in, in all the wrong places. He said, no, look at me. Look at me. I'll teach you how to profit. Look at me. He says, you know, I'll, he, I'll give you the power to get the wealth. And, you know, everybody don't need to be as wealthy as other people. And, I'm, and, and let, me, let me just throw this. I mean, because of your assignment. Let me put it that way. They, let me put it this way. You don't have to be. You don't look at other people and judge how wealthy you should be. You look at yourself. Because when you start doing that, again, now you're comparing, and now you're thinking, I'm going to have more power if. I'm going to be in a better position if. I'm going to look good to people if. Yeah. There was something I was going to share with you. Did I start it? I didn't. Did I? Ugh. Maybe it wasn't to be shared. But anyways, um, God wants us to, quote, unquote, allow. I was going to say you get a handle on it, but God wants you to allow him to get a handle on it. So that we can have the proper attitude concerning money so that you'll be free really to do what God inspires you to do. You'll be free to uh, appreciate God financially. You'll be able to. I appreciate God because of the revelation that you've heard. It's been revealed to me, so therefore I can do it with freedom and with joy and be excited about whatever it is that God tells me to sow because I'm, not, I'm just not stuck on the, the money part. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.